0: The Goal Circle is recorded on the land of the Yagara and Turbal people, and we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the Gold Circle, Australia's number one netball podcast. I'm your host, Nick Liger, with me as always is Luke Top. Hello. No, Abby McCulloch today, but we do have a special guest in the form of Nathan Dart, uh, director of Rising to the Occasion, a documentary that focuses on men's netball in Australia. But not just netball, I think this is the thing that we got from this interview, Luke. It was more along the lines of the actual... Stories of the players within the sport and their families, and it's and it's been in production and for their quite some time. To yeah, the sport. Yeah. that
1: doesn't allow them to perform.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and there was some very interesting insights from Nathan. Nathan approached us, and I, and I said I said to him on the show as well that I'd noticed, his he, the the show and some of the promo stuff sort of lurking around on socials, uh, you know, you know, popping up in the algorithm and all that sort of stuff. And it, it definitely something that had caught my eye. And then obviously seeing Sue being attached to it and hearing how involved that she was with the documentary was incredibly interesting to find out as well. Um, there's some really fascinating in- insights and I'm really, really excited to see the uh, the final product for this one. So um, look, we hope you enjoy the show. Um, as always, you can get us on facebook.com forward slash circle Come and chat with us. Um, you can get us on email, thegoldcircle at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter at Bleakster, B-L-E-K-S-T-E-R, and at BLT underscore 86 for Luke. As anyway, enjoy the episode, gang, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Nathan Dart, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I, I've seen this trailer for, for your film quite a few times come up in my feeds, to be completely honest. I saw it, I think I've seen it on Twitter, I've seen it on Facebook. It has gone
1: viral.
0: I mean it's gone viral in the sense that it's hit my feeds so I'm gonna call it viral um thank you so much for coming on to the show I-, I was wondering if for people that are not familiar with with the trailer and we'll we'll, we'll share I think we've shared the trailer on the Facebook page but yeah, we'll, we we'll share it again as well um, alongside this episode but um are you able to sort of take us through exactly what the documentary is about the story that you're looking to tell and and I guess your involvement in netball overall
2: yeah um so The documentary um, about men's netball, um, Rising to the Occasion, um, essentially uh, the main narrative through it is we just want to explore the the themes through the history um, of men's netball uh, and some of the themes around uh, gender equality, inequality uh, within uh, sports. Um, but mainly doing that through following uh, top-level male uh, national netball teams in Australia, um, and some of the players within those teams uh, hearing sort of from even some top-level female players and coaches who've shared their thoughts about men's netball, um, and also highlighting you know some of the stunning stunning footage of the fast-paced and skillful and exciting you know men's netball that um, it is you know. It's, uh, Quite a, an amazing sport to watch, um, for, you know. When you watch the females or the males, um, and um, you know, we don't want to just focus on the entertainment of the sport. Uh, we really want to kind of personalise some of the issues around um, uh, men's netball, and that we are we often within netball circles discuss quite broadly and theoretically. Um, but we just want to actually dive deep into players' lives and the team environments that we're involved in and to provide essentially provide an insight into how this impacts um, individuals behind the sport we love and how it actually impacts netball as a whole. Um, You know, you've got to ask the question why men's netball is still in the shadows uh, in discovering the history and looking into that, um, and we've still got more to do. Uh, Men's has existed globally, Southeast Asia, in England, in Australia, um, since the 70s, but in Australia on a national level since the, I should include New Zealand in that too, sorry, New Zealand, Um, (laughs) uh, um, since 85 on a national level. And, um, you know, why is, Men's netball still in the shadows. Why is it still not really spoken about, despite many efforts over those few decades to really push it forward? um And why can't boys play after the age of twelve? And what are the myths about netball? And why do we still see this sort of genderization of, support, of sport continuing in the media? So yeah, look. <laughs> just to summarise, I think you know, <laughs> we really want to kind of. Oh God, I'm giving away the documentary now. Um, <laughs> No, it look, it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, it's a rollercoaster of emotions, even for us producing it. We've we've been up and down with the players and their emotions, and um, and we really kind of want to bring to light um, the story behind men's netball. and And our hope is that it will kind of inspire like a groundswell of support for the development of men's netball going forward.
1: Um, so, um, so Nathan, how long have you sort of been involved? In men's netball, for like, what's your um, sort of story?
2: My story, yeah, like I have a real passion for men's netball, um, obviously. But um, I as should a really say of...
1: netball, not men's netball. But yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Sorry, it, it just rolls off the tongue because it's it's. We kind of have to say it to clarify. I think if people ask, they go, "You play netball," and that still happens. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> don't you mean basketball? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I can understand if that's a European person asking you that because I don't know about netball, but whatever. Um, actually, interestingly, we've, we've been doing some research, we've found, we found many netball clubs in, in Europe and all sorts of places in the world, and we've been in contact with a guy, um, from Uganda. He's sent us some photos about, um, of them playing on dirt fields with like lines drawn out, like spray painted. Yeah, wow. Um, fascinating. But look, for me, after, playing sports as a boy, like traditionally um, what you would say traditional men's sports, Um, I didn't really get into netball until I was at university. So it's been, I might be showing my age, uh, but it was over 16 years ago. Um, So I've been playing for most, if not all, of that time. And, um, yeah, I I fell in love with the game immediately. Um, But I was playing for New South Wales at a reserve grade level for five years um, and finished up pretty recently, actually. Um, But, yeah, I think for now I just want to help um, continue to grow the sport, and the documentary is just, I think, the start of that. Um, And ever since I was playing um, netball, yeah, I felt that there was a conversation that needed to have in sort of netball circles and outside netball circles Around um, you know that sort of gender inequality in sport in general, um, and the visibility of men's football. Um So for me, I've always been kind of creative and sporty. I grew up in a um, creative with a creative family, um, and I was actually the odd one out in terms of being sporty uh, as well. So um, I've always kind of seen the visual side of and how it's appealing to watch, like its structures, its flow, mm. the drama, the speed, and um, and then also the stories. And so, I think I knew I wanted to tell the story of men's netball. So when I stopped finishing, oh sorry, I finished playing. Um, that was an obvious step for me as a producer to to do that.
0: Uh, I'm curious. I mean, this is because this is, this is a feature length. Documentary, right? This is not like a series yeah. or anything. Yeah, thank Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious about the sort of, I guess, resistance that you've that you've might have come across in making it. I know that before the show, you talk about there were a couple of hurdles, and, and and I mean, there's always hurdles when it comes to filmmaking, like whether it's budget or whether it's accessibility and all that sort of stuff. But are you able to sort of walk us through us walk us through like the resistance that you might have had? whether it is from the community itself or whether it's from, you know, if, if it, you don't have to name and shame or anything like that, but I'm just, cu- I'm, I'm more curious because, I mean, it, it really is one of those things. I know we shared something a few weeks ago on the Facebook page, Luke, I think it was about the young boy up in, um, oh, goodness me, I can't remember, but to it, Wumba, yeah, yeah. To yeah. Um, and that was an interesting yep. sort of barrier in terms of accessibility for the sport for, for men. But I'm curious about sort of any sort of resistance and barriers that you might've come across when making this.
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, to be honest, uh, the, the biggest barrier is being COVID, as we all know. Yeah. Um, planning timelines have and, and all been thrown out at times and have had to replan things. Um, but to be honest, I think things changing and moving so rapidly, even just this year within the men's netball space, there's been so much in the media on, and on Twitter uh, and in social media if, you, if you're kind of watching that space that I think the issues, like even the traditionalists can't ignore the changes. And so I actually haven't had that much resistance. I've only had one or two negative comments on social media, uh, despite all the, you know, marketing and pushing content out. Um, but, you know, there are still some ridiculous comments in social media um, about netball, I think, which perpetuate those myths um, around netball. Um, that it isn't a men's sport or that it's soft. Um, and, um, but to be honest, the support from key top-level female athletes and coaches in the netball world and within the men's netball world has been amazing. Um, Shout-out to Sue Gordian for inviting us <laughs> into the, the um, West Coast fever environment um, when the, the, the male um, Western Australia side so was training against them. And we had heaps of support from her and them and it was a really welcoming environment. Um, But I think things essentially on a, you know, if we're talking about men's football as a whole and the opportunities for men in the sport, things won't change until these conversations are put out in a big way. And that's the aim, I suppose, through the documentary um, and the visibility of the top level, um, which will drive interest in the sport for men. And, and change some of those perceptions too. Um, so I haven't really had any resistance, but I think interestingly, the most resistance is more just being passive about the situation. Um, I think it's quite a sensitive topic for everyone um, because netball, I think, has been a bit of a hero for women, um, you know, for the empowerment of women, which I think is fantastic. Um, and I, you know, the, the men that I've played with over this, um, my time playing netball wouldn't want it. Wouldn't want it any other way. I think that that's um, a great thing about the sport. Um, but for women who either see that this is, you know, this inequality is, is unfair for males, or want their sons to play netball, it's hard for them to necessarily stick their neck out sometimes and be that change maker. Um, and I think that's difficult. It's, it's not like your traditional male sports, which, you know, are uh, really trying to drive change and welcome ma- women into their, um, their fold because that's the dumb thing to do at the moment. Um, but when you're looking at quality in reverse, it's a bit of an interesting issue. Um so look, for me, as a male director, with this as well, I like I really need needed positive female role models on camera to talk about this so that it just doesn't come from me as a director or male players. Um, but yeah, we've been quite humbled. Like, you know, it gets me quite emotional sometimes that the support we've received around the world and so much so that I can't see how change won't take place once the documentary... Really drives visibility to the sport and um, and for men's netball or for men playing netball. Yeah,
0: that's unreal. That's it's it's interesting because you know I, I know Sue does cop quite a lot sometimes on social media, but I know that she's a she's a huge advocate for for men's involvement in the sport, and I and I know mm. I I don't know who started it, but I know that when I think a few years ago when Nolene sort of took over at the Silver Ferns and started having the Ferns play against, you know, the Tall Ferns and all that sort of stuff, yeah. um, you could see that there, it was interesting that the, the the interest in sort of men playing the sport actually kind of skyrocketed because it, people really considered playing against that sort of competition, um, like, doesn't matter, like, what athletic level it is, um, allowed the Silver Ferns to have that edge when, you know, they started basically getting back on the rise. And I thought that was just, it's very interesting hearing that there's no sort of, you haven't had really that many barriers to that. And I think that people are being really accessible. I think it probably speaks more to the community wanting to tell their stories, which I think's um, which I think is pretty special. Um, yeah. I,
2: and I, just quickly from my mm. perspective, like I see myself as a storyteller. I'm not like an entertainment kind of producer. I don't want to do that. And <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to add to it. <laughs> you know, as much as I want the documentary to be entertaining in a way, <laughs> really, <Shut laughs> it's the stories. It's the stories that will drive it home. People can't ignore people's stories.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. People have
2: genuine feelings. People have genuine experiences, and these guys have opened up on camera. Their stories are amazing. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: especially, especially you know, as you know, the documentary. I'm sure isn't you know hours and hours of slow mo Nepal highlights. So, I, I think it's. <laughs> It's,
2: it's it's good... That's just in the teasers, yeah.
0: It's Yeah, I mean, just from going off the teaser, you've obviously got those interviews with various amounts of players and their families and all that sort of stuff, which I think is super important because you get to see... Those are the stories that people want to see. Like, that's like that's kind of the grassroots stuff that I think we've been talking about over the last couple of years as well, Luke. Get, so.
2: get your tissue box ready.
0: Look, uh, well, you know, I don't... Oh, I'll go and buy one
1: because I don't have one right now. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to cry right now. I'm pretty tired. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think... Um, I, I think the story is like even on the on the trailer, um, the fact that there isn't sort of like a supporting I guess government governing body behind it all, um, mm. and the fact that they're paying for it out of their own pocket to go to nationals, for example, um, like mm. I know the Queensland Suns and I had discussions about potentially trying to get sponsorship for them because all the players have to pay for it themselves. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty massive sacrifice to make to for a sport you love.
2: Yeah. 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 And okay. then, again, it's even more, if you get selected for Australia, they still have to pay pretty much all of that, 100% of their fees. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because am I right in thinking that um, Sport Australia still do not recognise men playing netball as a sport? Yeah,
2: yeah and that's... Um, I think it still stands that way, and that's why we even can't have the coat of though, arms on the uniform. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even though is oh, it really? over? A, okay. Is 114,000 uh, men play netball in Australia? That was recorded in the State of the Game review, or was it less than that? Uh,
2: it would be more than that. I can't remember more the exact figure, okay. but and that doesn't even account for um, all the social netball players that are out there. Like, there are oh, so many 100%. males playing social netball in Australia. you
1: to two of them. <laughs> yeah.
2: And can I just say that um, another study from 2020, a recent a Roy Morgan study, showed that one-third of the viewership of uh, netball, broadcast netball each week, is males. That's half a million.
1: Yeah. But that's what I like. But I, I, think this comes back to probably a broader problem uh, with netball as well as in the fact that mm. um, with SunCorp Super Netball, they don't engage with their base that they already have. So, um, I think yeah. from a broader scope, um, that existing issue kind of lingers into men's netball.
2: Good that that was identified in the state of the game review. Yeah. Um. Recently, yeah.
1: Um, so, sorry, getting back on track, um, I guess from sort of you you are going to film uh, with Nationals, I believe, uh, is it in June?
2: Yeah, July. July. July.
1: Um, but you've obviously focused on, uh, I think it's West Coast. Um, what mm. are some of the key sort of learnings and stuff you've, I guess, surprising elements that you've sort of found out as you filmed? Not to give away too much of the documentary.
2: <laughs> Yeah. Um, well regarding the sort of the topic, um with there's been plenty of things I've learned in producing <laughs> producing a documentary, um, and the hiccups that go along with that. But in terms of the topic, uh look I think from the perspective of the women's side of the sport and women in general looking in on men's netball, um I think, like I said before, there is in principle overwhelming support for change for equality in the sport. I was, I think that's something I've learnt. I didn't think that that was, would be as strong. I thought I'd get more kickback. Um, but I think how that would, you know, how that would happen, how that change would happen in people's opinions, um, particularly from females, differs from person to person. You've got more conservative views. You've got more um, liberal views. Um, there's a bit of a spectrum I think in terms of um, you know fear based sort of conservatism in, in that in terms of not changing something which is traditionally sort of held as a bit of a hero for females like I said um, but then you've got other the other end of the spectrum where women are saying look this is hypocrisy really um, the fact that you know netball harps on about diversity in general um, uh, but we you know and when, you know, and this is coming from women who've been interviewed on camera saying they want, you know, women want equality and opportunity and pay and that kind of stuff in various industries, which is super important. But given the opportunity to provide that quality in return, it's not there yet in, in, in this particular circumstance. So you have a kind of varying opinion, but generally, like, there's overwhelming support. It's just how that happens, which, you know, the views differ. Um, and I think all those views are quite understandable based on their experiences mm-hmm. and um, that when you discuss this with male athletes in the sport um, and you hear this, their stories, I think you just can't ignore the, the issues um, and the changes that need to happen anymore. So another thing we've learned, I suppose, is how much these issues impact the men the discrimination that's impacted them, you know, I still remember things 16 years on. Um, you know, and one, but one common factor with them, I suppose, is their personal drive to grow now. as Individuals grow and participate in the sport, um, make sure it's better for the next generation. And I think that's inspiring. Like I've always kind of, seeing the top-level athletes in the sport is like, oh, maybe they're just doing it for themselves, they want this or that, or, you know, recognition or accolades, but, in fact, they're real team players. Um, and, you know, the issue... Issues that have come out of the sport, I was thinking would be more about the visibility of the elite side of the sport, um, for men, and that, having that recognition. But it's more about the equality across the whole game from the grassroots right through the top
0: i'm curious just just in terms of i think in the in the wider picture um did i know that the documentary is obviously shining a light on you know on men's netball and, and specifically in the involvement but do you sort of have does, does, does the documentary or yourself sort of speak to change cha- like the changes that need that netball australia need to make like in the, in the grand scheme of things. I know, obviously, is I, I, that was a really interesting fact about the coat of arms. We can't use the coat of arms because men aren't involved in the sport, which I thought was, f- I had no idea that was a fucking yeah. thing. So, the th- you know, things I learned today, that. Did but I thought you knew that. No, I have no idea
1: about that. Yeah. Look, yeah. I
2: think, I, I think like any documentary, the, <laughs> the narrative changes. The more I look into things, the more I research, the more I discover what issues are really ticking. Um, and I think the end product will look a little bit different to even what I'm thinking now. Um, and, you know, in looking into this, you know, with I, I, really, I really don't want to point fingers in a sense and not that I'm being cautious about what I'll put in the documentary, but I think um, I really want to be just true and honest to the feelings of the people that we have in front of camera and the history and allow those um, themes to ruminate and exist in people's minds and to be aware of and then drive social change after that. So leave people with questions and then, you know, like any good documentary, you know, you want people to go away and do something after. You want to drive um, some action uh, for, for a particular social issue. And so um, that that's the aim. Um, and there will be there will be some, you know, criticism of you know the men's side and the women's side and critiquing, I should say. And I think everyone needs to really kind of set, take a step back and go, hey, yeah, some of that's real. Um, those those players really felt that, or that female really felt that, or that's the opinion of that particular executive, or this, that you know, um, and take it for what it is, and just go, okay, well let's acknowledge that change needs to happen and let's do something about it. I don't think I have the answers, so I don't think I'm going to put the answers in the documentary, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You sort of talked about stories earlier and how you sort of want this documentary to sort of be a storytelling moment. Um, I guess um, being a um, loud and proud, obnoxious gay man, um, how... (laughs) Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably, you know, not to, um, you know, go on a rant, but um, with my own experience being in sort of male-dominated sports, um, you know, having sort of a gay bashing events and being, you know, called this and that and being completely yeah. alienated from um, sort of traditional male sports... Um, and then finding mm. that ball because it was a safe space to sort of find yeah. what sort of stories are you sort of not to give away too much of the documentary, but yeah, yeah. how much, how how important is sort of the LGBTQIA uh, community sort of in this documentary and and the I guess with the storytelling side of things.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, it's a theme that really fits into that issue around the generalisation of sport, that kind of duality of what we see is um, the duality of, you know, like male, female, or this kind of, you know, black and white, you know, view of sexuality and, that many people still hold. Um, and look, we only have to go back less than two weeks to Ricky Stewart's comments in the media. Yeah. yeah. Um, around his, you know, his ill-informed joking remarks about ball implying that netball's soft, you know, and that really stems from, you know, it's, Seen as a female sport, therefore it must be soft. Um, I mean, that's not talking. That's not really touching on the LGBTQI community, but I think that it's um, uh, it, it's so much of what we hear in the media in our communities tends to kind of focus on these broad descriptions of sports, which usually stem from gender assumptions. Um, that that creates barriers. For people who don't identify with those broad um, conventional stereotypes um, and the fact that these kinds of remarks are still being made in the community and in, in the media really, you know, stems from the fact that we see those things that, you know, a lot of the community sees those things that way, things are spoken about that way in the media um, and it's definitely an issue we want to address in the, in the documentary. and. Um, we do have obviously themes uh, around, um, you know, and we have a couple of players that um, are gay within the, the documentary that talk about mm. their, their experience as, as discovering their sexuality. Um, and I'll leave it there because I don't want to give too much away, but look, um, it definitely impacts young boys, LGBTQIA or not, I think. You know, you know it impacts boys who do not com- don't conform to the conventional masculine stereotype.
1: Yeah, and a number
2: of, yeah, and a number of men I know in sport have of experienced kind of like serious discrimination due to their sexuality and or just even the netball involvement. Um, and uh, what i think I think some of the inspiring stuff that's come out of interviewing, interviewing players. Is that they found that family, like you said? Um, they would say family um, mm. or community in Netball. Um, and some have discovered that they're gay before joining Netball and have joined Netball and found a community there. But some have discovered that in their youth within Netball. So when they started under 17s or whether, you know, whatever, it's like they've discovered that within themselves because it's open. You know, netball, The men's netball community doesn't doesn't really subscribe to those stereotypes, which is wonderful. And look, for me, my experiences are: I'm not actually gay, but I've always felt more comfortable in the netball community because I don't I don't fit in or subscribe to those traditional stereotypes. Yeah, um, I think that's
1: with, Nick. I think that's Nick. Yeah, T.
0: I think that. I mean, that sums me up pretty well, Nathan, as well. I think personally, like it is, it is very much a community that, you know. I mean, my experience with it was, you know, I moved back from Sydney and I asked got fil- asked to fill in for a corporate team, and I was like netball, <laughs> and legitimately, I was like netball, uh, like it's not really I remember that. Oh. It's not really like yeah. you know, it's not really for for guys, you know. Like, and I didn't really, and I I had been wanting to play a team sport, but I was like, oh. and then I played it, and I played like one game, and I was like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> so, and it was, and yeah. f- from there, it's you know, you work, you you find the community, and you you, f- you in that like Luke and I became you know, best mates through playing, like pl- pl- yeah. playing that. Cause I remember you shooting and I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? He's fuck? so amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you gave <laughs> up and yeah, you gave up and then you had to just start uh, defending everyone um, dirty. So, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but then, over the course of the years, as we went to you know Albion mm. and stuff like that, you know, it's very interesting just seeing those little communities within each club and association, where people are comfortable um, in their own skin. You know, it does it like mm. whatever the color of their skin or whatever their sexuality or whatever their background? Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 so inclusive, and with, without trying to be inclusive, it's just it just is. It I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. It just is. Can I I just
2: give a shout-out to all the parents of boys out there and just say, like, I think it's a great sport for boys and men to play. I think it builds acceptance. There's some great team ethics involved. Yeah. Respect women, respect and understanding of sexuality. Like, it's such a great environment to be in. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, you know, and and it's... It's, yeah, I don't know. I just I just love the little community that I think surrounds itself with netball and I, I, it's the passion. But it's also, I think, like you said, Nathan, you know, shout out to the parents, the fact that they are supporting their kids um, through this. You know, like my mum my, my played netball, so when she found out that I was, she was just like, this is hilarious because I can't wait to see how athletic, <laughs> athletically challenged you are. And, you know, to her credit, I was for some time. So that's... it. it <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's. It, I think it's. It kind of sums it, up perfectly.
1: The biggest thing that comes back to me is that um, netball, at its heart, is diverse, and I feel like people are attracted mm-hmm. to that. Um, and I think it's a it's a safe space um, that you don't have those issues. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, that's that's the beauty of netball for me is the fact that I know I can. Um, like, go play social and scream and laugh and have fun, um, yep. and I'm not going to get judged for it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hmm. How exciting. Um, <laughs> uh, Nathan, I, I know we're running on a little bit long, so I, I kind of want to wrap it up a little bit. I, I, know, I understand that um, people can donate towards a documentary. Is that right?
2: Yeah, they can. Um, uh, yeah, look, um, I think, you know, obviously producing a documentary is... It's huge. It takes a lot of time and money. Um, And, you know, we made a conscious decision early on that we would um, do everything independently so that we could tell the stories honestly. Um, Yeah. You know, without any push or pull for it as much as possible. It's from, you know, external sources. And, um, you know, that means we need to obviously find the funds to support, you know, at the moment we're doing some fundraising for some of our overheads that could kind of just to cover some costs and that kind of thing um, but we're really looking for um, support, we have an Indiegogo page um, where people can, you can donate the amount of a cup of coffee or um, if you're a business out there who want to kind of align with the values of the brand of men's netball um, you can, you can become a sponsor for the the film. And I think the visibility with this would be great because we see supporting this film as more than just supporting a film. Like, we want to continue those efforts after to drive social change. And I think it's supporting the future of men's netball. And a lot of the players we want, we, we interviewed, really want to see The development for boys and the equal opportunities there, and the pathways developed, and I think this is going along that way.
0: What?
1: Oh, good on
2: you, Luke!
0: Please help. (laughs) I mean, speaking of Luke, literally just showed me a. a, I just donated a a bit of a donation page. So there you go.
1: That's all right.
0: Nathan's going to be looking at anything being like, oh, my God. So,
1: we will share that um, on the page. Yes. And I would just like to say to all our UK listeners, if they, like, let's say you wanted to donate your five-pound morning coffee, I don't know that you could get a coffee for five pounds, probably one pound, but five pounds, if you donate that, then with the exchange rate, it'll actually be 10
2: US dollars,
1: Uh, sorry, Australian dollars.
2: And can I just say, beyond the fundraising, start the conversation around this with your community. Like, just get on social media. Like, we've got heaps of content on our Facebook page and Instagram. Share it and start the conversation. Because, you know, a lot of the marketing around, um, and it will, I will poke Setball Australia a little bit here in the oh, chat, a lot of the marketing here is we around go.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: godly. Is team, is team Girls. Uh, and that, look, um, doesn't necessarily attract a diverse uh, audience. Um, and I think we, we need to make a bit of noise about um, boys in netball. Um, and I don't think you know, that's um, a necessarily been an issue. I think it's key, a key marketing campaign for them to drive uh, you know, netball and that message around empowerment of women, which I said I think is great. So when we're looking at moving forward into the future, I think there needs to be visibility of boys. And that is changing. I'll, okay, I'll give kudos off to um, the state bodies and also Netball Australia for putting some photos and stuff up about men's netball, but I think, and boys in netball, but I think there needs to be more done. So start the conversation, share stuff on your social media, um, ask your friends questions about what they think. Yeah.
1: Um, Now, I did have one question from Emmy, um, lovely uh, concierge Marie on TikTok and Twitter. Now, she's wanted to ask you, um, what does equality in sport look like to you, not just across netball, but all sports?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Look, I think um, a couple of years ago when the, uh, the Tour Down Under decided that they would pay Um, the female cyclist the same as the male cyclist is an example. I think equality in sport goes beyond that though when you look at the top level and I think that um, achieving equality in terms of um, pay and visibility opportunity is real equality Um, but in terms of like you know, even more established, ingrained, real equality in sport, it is actually not, you know, you're know, not denying opportunities for people, whether, you know, they have, um, you know, disabilities, that they are male or female, whatever the case, where possible, to provide that. In some cases, generally, generally not possible. So regional areas, they may not have enough interest in boys, for example. And so those boys might need to go to the next town to play. So where possible, providing equal opportunity um, to 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 people wherever they're from and whatever their situation. Um, and I think um, visibility around that. Uh, and, I, you know, a lot of the a lot of sports are doing a lot of work in creating visibility, to create to to drive social change awareness, and um, that's about sport in general. But if you come to netball, I think given that netball is traditionally a female sport in the first instance, netball has a wonderful opportunity to showcase what real what real equality is in sport. Whereas a lot of the other sports are male-dominated, that's a that's a really big road for the female side of the sport to to achieve that equality and get that visibility. But netball actually has the opportunity opportunity to showcase what that real equality looks like from the grassroots right through to the elite level.
1: Hmm. Nathan, Do you like nail? that, Nathan, question? Nathan.
0: You are so well-spoken that I I feel like such a piece of shit listening to you because it's oh. like you're so wonderfully spoken Thanks, you've spoken so wonderfully about everything um, today I'm honestly really really excited to see the end product for this um do, is there like an, do you have is there like a, an expected date of release that you that you kind of have on the cards or is it still sort of up in the air
2: it's a little bit up in the air look we're hoping to... We're, we want to finish post-production in the last quarter of this year um so it's ready for distribution or release. Um, we are working out details of the distributor at the moment that's Australia and New Zealand um, and then we will be looking at international um, distribution opportunities soon so um, yeah I suppose keep an eye on our social media just for any announcements with that um, and we'll keep you posted too
0: yeah amazing and, and, and we'll, yeah. we'll be sharing everything once the episode drops I think we'll probably drop it early next week yeah. So um <laughs> we'll drop all of the socials, the trailers, and we'll continue and I I mean, like you said, Nathan, it is important rather, you know, obviously donating is all well and good, but obviously sharing the message and, and, and generating conversation is just as important as well. So um, you know, as advocates of that I think um we'll do our utmost to, to share. Um, anything and everything. Thank you that, so much. No, that is absolutely fine. Look, thank you so much for coming onto the show, Nathan. Um, look, obviously, all the best um, for you know the finals and and the actual post production process. I know that sort of stuff can get uh, pretty hairy. So, um, look, <laughs> I, I can't thank you enough. And um, you yeah, look, thank you so much for sort of shedding a light on uh, on netball uh, in the in the men's world.
2: Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure.